Have you ever had a massage or need one? My friend Liz is the owner and operator of Spiritual Massage Healing in Encinitas. She is passionate about what she does and specializes in deep tissue and cupping. Book your massage with Liz to experience spiritual healing and body awareness. She is the best massage therapist you will ever experience. Contact Liz and check out her website with all of her services at spiritualmassagehealing.com or text her at 858-375-6910. That's 858-375-6910 to book your deep tissue massage. That's Liz at spiritualmassagehealing.com. This episode is brought to you by SD Sober Living. If you or someone you know needs a safe and supportive recovery home, then reach out to SD Sober Living at www.sdsoberliving.org or call 619-625-0769. That's 619-625-0769. Come get some San Diego recovery and some fuck fentanyl at SD Sober Living. Welcome to the Fuck Fentanyl Podcast. I'm Luis Romero. I am the Fuck Fentanyl Guy. <laughs> Today, <laughs> I got a really cool guest. Um, it's Chris Grosso, yeah. author of, he just told me, five books, <laughs> which is fucking insane. Written a few. <laughs> Written a few. And um, I got one of them right here called uh, Necessary Death. Yeah. So, uh, you want before we get started with you, um, do you want to just talk a little bit about Necessary Death? Sure. Um yeah, that's my fourth book. And wow, um, so awesome. Yeah, thanks, dude. It was really cool that um, it came out on Halloween of last year, my favorite holiday. Wow, really? Yeah, the publishing dates are Tuesdays, and it just coincided. Yeah. Uh, and it was perfect for this book because what we do, I have a wonderful co-author. His name's Preston Fassell. Mm -hmm. And we met, we both write for uh, Fangoria Horror Magazine, which mm -hmm. that in and of itself is a trip to me because I've been reading that since I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, it's like the premier horror magazine and, mm -hmm. and i didn't know that they would like the stuff i was pitching them but it actually went over really well and that's the inspiration for this book so what i was doing was i was taking horror movies and relating them to mental health topics oh, so yeah. like um texas chainsaw massacre for yes. example great film yeah but i i explored Classic. the various masks in which we wear throughout our days you know uh, and and so a little the bit mask made out of flesh yeah <laughs> those too but um no you know like the different masks like the employer mask or employee mask, gotcha. the mom, dad mask, the friend mask, and um, you know the myriad number of masks we wear, and, and how many of them are actually really necessary, and how many of them are because we're afraid to show our true selves in the world. So yeah, it's kind of tongue in cheek, um, oh, gotcha. but I, yeah, I did that with a few articles, and they did really well. And I knew though my limitations. I am a horror fan, but I'm since a kid my favorite genre, but I'm not a full on aficionado. I see. Um, but my co-author Preston absolutely is, and oh, he's okay. brilliant. And like I was telling you a moment ago, he has a degree in psychology. Wow. He's written several amazing um, fiction books that mm -hmm. I, I absolutely loved. So uh, I had him on my podcast, and afterwards, I'm like, dude, 
I'm writing this book and it's a, a it's kind of like the little book that could and yeah uh, and he loved the idea so yeah man we wrote it um it literally took five years to get published which wow yeah started it in 2018 just came out last year okay um but yeah each chapter man it just takes a different iconic like horror character or horror movie and explores that through the guise of different mental health topics i see so jason Voorhees is a chapter yeah yeah and we look at childhood trauma in relation because yeah. you know Voorhees drawn yeah, to yeah, the camp yeah. Yeah, yeah um and then he becomes this maniacal killer yeah but, yeah yeah um but yeah man like we do that and and what else i mean uh chapter on michael myers and halloween michael myers that's and, a good one yeah he's my favorite um yeah. and that's in relation to carl young and the shadow self and mm. looking at things like that and then we have some silly ones like Jaws, Bruce the Shark. Like, um, <laughs> Jaws was a fucking uh, a terrifying fucking. Absolutely. <laughs> but the approach was tongue in cheek where it's like, take bite size, like little chunks out of your goals, you know, like ah, make gotcha, them manageable. Gotcha, 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 um, gotcha. So, you know, like we've, we had to have fun with it. But yeah, dude, it, it's it's doing better than I thought, to be honest. I didn't expect it to really sell many copies, but right we had a cool publisher, HCI, take it on and they did a great job. Um, with it, and I'm super psyched on it. So uh, yeah, yeah, man, awesome, Thanks, man, dude. Yeah. Well, well, all right, man. So um, I I just kind of wanted to you know touch base um like um um where you're at in your recovery, man, mm-hmm. and also um yeah, just a little bit of your backstory. I'm yeah. very interested in hearing. Yeah, uh, so this year marks 20 years that I came into the rooms. I'm not 20 years sober, but it was yeah. 20 years ago. It <laughs> doesn't work the, out that way. A I'm lot. not the one hit wonder. I know some people that are, and I think that's amazing. Yeah. yeah um, I salute them. Yeah, I do too. But um, <laughs> no, my path has been filled with a lot of hiccups and pitfalls, but um, I've been very fortunate that the majority of those 20 years I have been sober. I've had multiple years on several occasions, mm-hmm. uh, but the classic story of often negating meetings taking my will back like you know not yeah. staying in touch with my community yeah trying to do it myself oh uh, yes then yeah so it's a it's a classic pitfall of course yeah us. so yeah man i mean you know that that was then and i can just fast forward you to more recently i was in connecticut in west hartford um covid had hit mm-hmm. uh, my then fiance and i were getting divorced because uh, or not divorced separated separated okay. um because i had relapsed and uh, I ended up in the psych hospital twice over the course of a three-month period, uh, UConn Psychiatric. And, okay. Uh, I was there for, because I was very suicidal. I was drinking um, a handle of Tito's, at least a handle a day. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I was in my apartment. I had money in the bank. Uh, I had been self-employed to that point for like over 10 years through my writing, public speaking. Mm-hmm. So I had some money, but it was quickly dwindling. And um, it was horrible, man. I remember putting a large knife on my uh the coffee table yeah and the few times i would come to i would see that knife and i would just contemplate suicide yeah. something i tried twice when i was younger there were more cries for help but sure you know i tried i ended up yeah psych hospitals then i still have a lot of self self harm self excuse me self-harm scars mm-hmm. um so i did that i got scholarship to a program in pennsylvania called retreat which uh-huh. it's a great idea but not for people like me it's like a college campus dude it's um Uh, (laughs) male female um you're i mean people hooking up and i'll be honest i'd never done that and i've been in a number of programs but i was still so broken i ended up hooking up with a girl a couple of times really and that's a code that i had taken very seriously but that's how how empty i was yeah yeah yeah. and i remember yeah totally and i told my my counselor there who's she was a great counselor i said i'm really trying but there's something inside of me, like the, the spark is not there. I just feel hopeless. Yeah. And um, 
So I finished the program and I came back to my apartment in West Hartford. And within five minutes, I was at the doctor store and I was wasted. And that went on for another maybe two weeks. Mm -hmm. Ambulance back at my apartment, back at the psych hospital. Um, This time, I mean, I was done. I didn't get out of bed for three days. I didn't eat. Um, They finally came in and they're like, you know, you're major depressive. You have major depressive disorder. Not a surprise. I've been diagnosed with depression since a teen. Yeah. Then um, PTSD, complex PTSD. Okay, I wasn't, I didn't know about that. And uh, your body is completely treatment resistant. Um, I'd been taking Lexapro and Abilify and other things. Yeah. Um, So they ended up, and this is super controversial, but I think these are conversations that are important to have. Mm -hmm. They gave me three rounds of oral ketamine. Okay. Saved my life. Ketamine? Ketamine. Oral ketamine. Wow. So I'd been, you know, I went to school for addiction counseling. And um, I am a very open-minded human being. Um, I have been reading studies for the last eight years or so out of Columbia University, St. Johns Hopkins, about things like ketamine and psilocybin. And, you know, again, I know this is tricky and I want to be very careful when I talk about this because it can have horrible effects for people. People have borderline personality, people have bipolar, or people are just trying to do it on their own. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've also seen it literally save lives and change lives. And I'm one of them. Um, My friend, uh, her name's Cassie, she is the co-founder of the Psychedelic Research Department at UCSD, Uh also the co-founder of their Mindfulness Department. She was the president of the Institute of Noetic Sciences, which is in Silicon Valley. Oh, wow. That was Edgar Mitchell. He was the 14th astronaut on the moon. That was his place. Oh, no. Yeah. And and she she brought me out there to speak right before COVID. And that was surreal because... Here's Deepak Chopra. Here's literally NASA physicists and like <laughs> Irvin Laszlo and yeah. all of these crazy, brilliant people. And yeah. me and like a Mob Deep t-shirt or some shit. Just like, <laughs> okay, I'm here. But I, I became very close with her and we've stayed in touch since. We actually were just together a couple of weeks ago because now she's down here full time. Okay. And, you know, she's talked about um, how psilocybin has been monumental. She's like 17 years sober. Wow. And there were times in her life where she did very formally ceremonies. And it wasn't just, I'm going to take a bunch of shrooms and get fucked up. Yeah. So anyways, that is part of my story. And, wow. um, you know, today I don't, I'm, I'm, I do what I do. I'm, I'm sober. I never smoke cigarettes. I'm, I'm grateful for that. But like, oh, wow. You never I've, smoked a cigarette in your life? No, I've had one. When I was tripping on acid, I had a menthol in Newport. <laughs> I was like, yeah, dude. That I was, was like my first cigarette. Yeah, Holy I was shit. like 19. No, I wasn't 19. I was like 17, 16. But, dude, I was the kind of addict alcoholic where cigarettes did not fuck me up. I needed to get fucked up right out of the beginning. Uh, I see. And, and, yeah, my gateway was pot and then alcohol, but I fell in love with hallucinogenics. Like, I fell in love with really? them. Really? Yeah, I was fucking with those more than anything for a while. Oh, no shit. What, then, what kind of hallucinogens? Yeah, acid here? and mushrooms. Oh, okay, um, okay, okay, yeah. okay. But then, you know, I moved up. This is around 2000, and I still haven't gone into any program yet. And mm-hmm. I'm living in the hood with my best friend, Mel. Fuck yeah. Literally. Yeah. It was like we were the only white kids around. They called us the crazy crackers. We had to fight to get our like respect, but they did respect us finally. Oh, right. um, but but it was dude, it, we still don't know how we lived through that. We were in a band called the Phoenix Society. We were on the first floor of a three-floor house. Yeah. People would just come in because we, we nicknamed it Crackton. They were literally <laughs> sold crack right there. The gas station was across the street. And yeah. and we we indulged in that too. You you go, you make t- 20 rounds a night, crack dealer. Yeah. Cross street, get your little rose and a stem, get your tour boy. And I'm not trying to glorify this shit, sure. but it's just, no, it's fine. It is what it is, you know? Yeah. So, exactly. but, but there we were doing everything. 
crack, meth, um, PCP, That's ketamine, right. of course, like fentanyl, back when fentanyl was hard to get. Uh, when it was a medical Yes, drug. yeah. We had a, a friend who was a mo- he got a motorcycle accident, yeah. so he would sell us the lollipop. So we knew what we were oh, getting. Okay, gotcha. So when this whole thing started, I'm jumping around a little, but I That's worked um, for seven or eight years in Connecticut at a really cool place called Newport Academy with teenagers. Okay. And um, it's a residential program. They're ages 13 to 19. Mm-hmm. They're there for everything, not just the addiction, but self-harm, suicide okay. attempts, gotcha. you know, uh, eating disorders. Oh, okay, a lot of gotcha. them were transgender and, and okay. figuring things out. And gotcha. that was equal parts heartwarming and heartbreaking, you know, working with these teens. And, and you're in the field, man, so I know you get yeah. this. Oh, yeah. You don't have to work in the field to, to know this, but, like, the burn marks up these girls' arms or, like, mm. the, the legit suicide stories from the 13 or 14-year-olds. It yeah. wasn't a cry for help. They were trying. Um, but I was there and it was, it was cool. They were using my first two books as part of their curriculum unbeknownst to me. Seriously, Yeah. And they were using another book called, um, Noah Levine who wrote the forward for my book. He's a Buddhist in recovery. They were using Dharma punks and, and, uh, refuge recovery. Wow. And, um, so the owner saw I lived in Connecticut, took me out to dinner, told me what they do. I went down and saw the campus, loved it. You know, they do equine therapy. They do, I taught meditation. I would do music meditation, yeah. mindfulness, um, all sorts of like kind of out of the box things. Yeah. And it was amazing. You know, for eight years I got to do that. But my point in sharing that was while I was there, that's when the fentanyl crisis started. Oh, and I see. remember a lot of the kids there. In had, 2020 or something like that? Yeah. I mean, I'd been there before this, but I remember it was somewhere in the middle of that. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember like it baffled me because my only relationship with fentanyl to that point was again back in like 2000 2001 2002 and the lollipops and yeah again they weren't easy to get no yeah no you gotta have cancer you're right like uh and uh you're pretty much you're you're writing out you're 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 about to die yes they'll give you that (laughs) exactly so yeah and that's why it was just a trip it's like shit now it's red not only is it readily available it's in everything freaking weed like yeah (laughs) so yeah um but I, yeah, I, everything oxys, you name it. The, the only other thing I don't think I ever really did was um, I snorted heroin. I never injected it uh-huh. uh, yet. Big yet, you know. It's been oh, I, I don't, <laughs> don't, I, don't cross that. I one don't out. anticipate that. But dude, I, I realized in life they're all yets. Like I didn't think True at the that. end of the end of. So right now where I'm at um, is I am eight months. I just celebrated eight months last week since I've had a eight drink. months. That's a big Fuck deal. Yeah. For me. yeah like, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> i've had significantly longer time than that in the past however i don't think the quality uh i've had this quality of recovery in my life and you know i I, that saying you hit the bottom and then the bottom gives out um i've done that and then that bottom gave out and that one and it's just like how many bottoms are there (laughs) i mean i've been (laughs) in 2016 i think i know your listeners can't see this but i'm talking i'll show you i was um I ended up in the hospital because I literally drank myself essentially to death. I was uh-huh. I was not breathing. They had to intubate me. Um, yeah, yeah. You can see here there was one tube breathing Holy for me. Holy shit, dude! Yeah, there was. Oh my fucking god! They put a second one in my stomach because uh, oh, they didn't geez. know what I I was I was incoherent. Um, yeah, when yeah. I got there, and uh, yeah, this is one more. And my mom oh. took these pictures, man. Like, oh she my had to god, dude! Yeah. You look like you're. Yeah, you're I about was, to check out. I was, I was, I wasn't, I was not Jesus breathing on my Christ. own, and that's so why. Scary. So yeah, but even after that, dude, like I got sober for a while again, and then it got worse. It got worse than that. 
Yeah. And, uh, and I'll <laughs> just, again, I'll fast forward because I ended up in LA from Connecticut uh-huh. and down in San Diego. And I just, I still, I was trying, but it wasn't clicking. Yeah. And then, um, uh, yeah, I went through a few programs and a f- I was at a friend's house and they're in recovery and I was there yeah. for a couple of days and they're like, I can't have this here. And I'm like, I understand. So they kindly put me up in a hotel for three days. Okay. And another friend of mine in Vista, we were trying desperately to find a detox. As you know, it's not that easy a lot of the time. No, they're always yeah. full. Yes. It's yeah. Yeah. So I got to the point where on the, I don't remember any of being in that hotel room for three days. I was just having alcohol delivered. And I think, uh-huh. uh, I think that's all I had, but, um, I woke up on the morning of that third day in the emergency room. Um, yeah. I don't remember which one to be honest, but I was naked under the hospital sheet. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> like I didn't have my glasses. They came in and they're like, yeah, you weren't in good shape last night. And, um, anyways, they had to get me donation clothes from the hospital really? and then, uh, get a, voucher for a cab to bring me back i called the hotel uh-huh. i verified they had my wallet then my glasses and they're like yeah dude it's not cool come get your shit. <laughs> oh, shit so i go back and yeah he the guy wasn't really mean but you know he heard what i needed to hear or he said what i needed to hear and yeah he's like dude you soiled your bed last night there was broken glass all over the floor blood oh, everywhere uh our maids i had to tip them more uh so i yeah so i apologize oh i know i apologize and that is one of the last amends i have left to make that i have not is i'm gonna go back and i told them i would um and i will pay you know pay some 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 money yeah but um but yeah i was walking out and i was i was basically homeless oh i should mention too at this point uh i you know i started i was sick as hell yeah and i'm waiting it's two hours they said for the cab so uh-huh. going into the hospital there's these sliding doors mm-hmm. there's a security guard checking people in yeah and couples are going in every time they would they had the hand sanitizers that would dispense alcohol oh yeah, god that's no. where this I, I know i know where yeah. this is heading and i would go in and i would do three or four little things and i walk out make sure no one's looking and i would start <laughs> licking my hands <laughs> yeah dude that's i mean (laughs) that's the bottom i hit and i would i was drinking mouthwash too that's so harmful man you didn't even salt him nope just straight up like oh jesus yeah it was horrible dude that Um, happened in my first rehab these guys uh, they they drank the hand sanitizer and they they put they told me the trick is to put salt in it and i guess it's i guess something like the the bacteria or something like that dude i don't have time for that i'm i need i need to get (laughs) fucked up now instant gratification yeah i'm not that chemist no um but they're right but it was i i share that i can laugh at it now but like that's fucking disgusting yeah and so I got back there and the, the guy told me what he said. And then I walked outside and another guy working there was very nice. He said, Hey man, you're not in good shape. And I'm like, I know, but I'm trying to get help. And he said, uh, I got to tell you a story. A couple of years ago, we had a guy in here and his girlfriend begged us not to take him, but we couldn't not, you know, he wasn't causing any trouble. Uh-huh. And he's like on the third morning, just like you, um, we found him, but he was dead. Oh, Alcohol Jesus. bottles everywhere. And I started crying. And I was like, dude, Fuck. I know. I'm like, I don't want to die. And he's like, I hope you don't. And I said, me too. And so yeah. I called my friend in Vista and by nothing short of, for me, grace, you know, whatever one cares to call their higher power. Yeah. Um, a bed became available, uh, tentatively available in um, Carlsbad at a place called the First Step House. Oh, right They're on. They're AA based. Um, right on. And it worked for me because alcohol was my thing. And uh, it's kind of crazy. Um, my One of my previous guests, Summer, was actually at that. 
Oh, okay. First Step House uh, Detox. She was telling me about it. Yeah, so they have a, a woman's one called, I think it's also First Step for Women. Um, oh, gotcha. there, there's a few. Charlie Street, it's an incredible program, man. I mean, it's dangerous because you're detoxing non-medically. You're not taking oh, any yeah. benzos. Yeah, uh, yeah, and yeah. the only reason I got my bed was because somebody had had a seizure three nights before, <laughs> and he didn't come back. <laughs> so I know. Um, <laughs> here's the other way I fucked up. So I get there at like 10 in the morning, and... They um they do my initial intake. Everyone I saw come in there after came in wasted. I was not wasted. I blew a point zero zero. Uh-huh. I'm sweating, withdrawals are kicking in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in the back courtyard and I have to wait till four for someone to come, but I can't leave the house and yeah. the, or the shift change and they're gonna check me in. Okay. And they're still like, you know, you're probably in, but not a hundred percent. I'm like, Yeah, what the fuck. So I end up getting in, but it was brutal all day. I'm just sweating and yeah. sick and I can't eat and I have nowhere to lay down and I hadn't really slept. But, you know, that is where everything started to change for me. You know, I found my connection with my higher power again back there oh. in that courtyard sick. I found my sponsor uh, on my second day there who um, I've had some great sponsors in my life, but this dude is like next level for me. Um, mm-hmm. No coincidence that he came into my life. Like that mm-hmm. second day, he was taking some of us to uh, a meeting. I think it was Buccaneer Park. It's an AA Ocean meeting here in Oceanside. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. And uh, yeah, and there was another guy there, and he's an awesome guy too. Uh, they're actually sponsee brothers, and they're both about eight years sober. Oh, and, cool. Uh, everyone kind of wanted to go with that guy because he was he was cool and dressed cool. Muscles. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got gotcha. you. Got a nice I, little surface yeah, to him, right? And but he's a good dude. He's he knows the book well, and he's, yeah, 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 he's gotcha. good recovery. But then I see this other dude, and I'm like, he's kind of nerdy. Like, I don't know. I vibe with this guy. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, gotcha. so we're going to the the park, and, you know, I'm, I'm broken. But we start talking about literature, and we like a lot of the same obscure writers. Okay. And um, he mentions um, this book, John Dies at the End. And mm-hmm. I love that book, and they mo- made it into a really cool movie. Oh, really? And I, yeah. Um, what's his name was in it? Um, Paul Giamatti was in it. I oh, Paul yeah. Giamatti. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was cool. Yeah. So... I say that because when he said that, I'm like, dude, you're not going to believe this. He's like, what? I'm like, I, I don't talk a lot about this, but like, or at least right now, I'm a writer. Uh-huh. And I said, my next book is almost done. And the author of John Dies at the End, Jason Pargan's writing the forward for it. And he says, shut the fuck up. Oh, I'm like, right? Shit. So anyways, <laughs> it was in that moment. I'm like, this is my sponsor. And I asked him and he said, yeah. And so wow. I know there's different schools of thought on going through the 12 steps and in different fellowships. And I yes. think I've done pretty much all of them. I've written them in yeah. NA. Yes. I've done the slow burn in AA. Yeah. But this dude was like, Chris, you know, you've been in this, these rooms for almost 20 years. I actually outside of NA, I, in AA had only done up to the 10th step. And then I was never, Oh, followed shit. so you yeah. never even completed them. No. So, that's part of what's different this time, you know? So Mm -hmm. while I was there the next 10 days, we went through one and two. And then I had a two day window. I finally got into, um, the fellowship center in Escondido. So, yeah, I went there, uh, but I had a two day window. So I ended up staying with one person I met, uh, for one night and then my sponsor the second night. And it was the 4th of July and we were going to Encinitas to the self realization garden, which I love it. It's beautiful. And we were going to do the third step and make it really romantic and beautiful. <laughs> what a but, beautiful setting. Yeah, but, um, but they were closed because it was the fourth. So there's a oh, little okay. area right up next to it, but still overlooking the water. Oh, cool. And I, I was chuckling to myself because there's planes flying by and they all have these banners on the back and their beer ads. And I'm like, mm-hmm. fuck, Fourth of July. Yeah, but I didn't have a desire. I just I found the humor in it. 
And, you know, he went all in. Like, he's like, dude, you're going to hold my hand now, and we're going to say the third step prayer in AA, which I'd memorized. And yes. There's people all around, and I'm like, fuck it, I am. I'm in for my recovery, and we did it, and we still laugh about it. Yeah. But, you know, over the course of those next three months while I was there, about two and a half, um, he would come down every other week, and we rocked through those steps. And we did not rush them, but, like, I, you're not really allowed to leave there until you get to a certain point, and even then it's to go to meetings. So... I had a lot of free time and I wasn't, you know, I'm 45, but like I'm going to be 46 this year. Wow. You look great for your age. Yeah, I moisturize. Thank you. <laughs> I, I'm a, and I'm an 11 teen year old at heart, but yes, yeah, right? thank you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I worked diligently on those steps and he would come down from Oceanside every couple of weeks. And uh -huh. this dude knows his shit. Like I said, he's not only at your sober, but he's a, uh, he works at uh, a recovery center here in Ocean View and okay. their dual diagnosis. He, you know, he knows what's up and he's a good dude. Mm. Uh, but he would come down and, and by the time I left, I finished the 12 steps and, uh, Oh wow. Yeah. But again, not like no bullshit. We really did them. Yeah. And I didn't finish my ninth step until actually my amends 10 step, excuse me. Yes. Until last week with the exception of those amends I made financially. Cause okay. I'm broke as a joke right now. Uh, I, I ain't got hey, it like you that. Try. You, yeah, you, you're, you're willing to do it. Uh, but yes, they are still on my list and they will get done this year. But, yes. um, but yeah, man, and, and here I am um, giving back. Like I was just at the First Step House today volunteering for four yeah, hours. I'll be there tomorrow. Awesome. I love that. Yeah, it's it, dude, it's run literally on volunteers and donations. It's incredible. Yeah. And that place saved my life. So yeah. in Fellowship Center too, as much as I hated it there, <laughs> uh, you know it helped and then i went to sober living uh here in oceanside and it was paid for by McAllister and oceanside oh okay cool. so yeah it was very cool of them i was doing my groups and then yeah. i found a job here in vista and um and i started making some money and nothing against sober living it served me well in the past but you yes. know i was at the point where i'm like i feel ready and okay. i talked to my sponsor and i talked to people in my network and they're like if you stay connected yeah so Absolutely. I found a spot closer to work. But we don't want you to live in sober living forever. No, right, right, right. So, but, you know, I'm still fr in touch with a bunch of people there, and, and most of them are still there. But that's great. Like, do what you got to do. Do what you got to um, do, yeah. Yeah, so I moved to a little kind of shitty room, but whatever, in Vista. <laughs> it was in a trailer park with people over oh, like 55. Yes. Yeah, but hell it was like yes. it was a retirement trailer park. So it was. Oh, OK. Um, that was a little nicer than. No, it was, <laughs> no. It was a little nicer. But yeah, I mean, it was linoleum and the couple was nice. But like the guy I found out towards the end had cancer and I'd oh. hear him throwing up because there was no soundproof. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Trailers, but, yeah. Yeah. And that was tough, too, because they had grandkids, which was super cool. But like um, it was allowed in the environment I work in. So I work at this, it's a hybrid unit, which is, it was originally memory care, dementia and Alzheimer's. Gotcha. But now they do hospice and they do addiction. And uh -huh. They do self-harm. Yeah. They do suicide attempts. They do schizophrenia. I mean, if it's under the mental health umbrella, it's there. Okay. And so, you know, I work in that capacity, which is draining on every level, but yeah. my heart's in it. Yeah. But when I'm there and the screams, I mean, it sounds like a horror movie in there a lot of the time. <laughs> but going home from Could that. Could be in your book. <laughs> yeah. Dude, well, it's actually, it's going to be my next book. But, um, yeah. Well, the trip is, man, like two years ago, I was on a psych hospital in a psych unit, not all that different from this one. Okay. And that, to me, even though I had my falls, that speaks volumes to the 12 steps, regardless of what fellowship. If you show up and you do the steps, yeah. you are of service. Like, 
Absolutely. Yeah, man. There's nothing we can't do. So Absolutely. here I am. Yeah, just over eight months, and I know that's not a lot of time, but it is in a way too. Like it's a uh, it's a solid eight months of hard work. Oh fuck yeah! And man. um and giving back and and yeah. So like I said, I I go to the first step house. Um, I I help people online that have questions. I provide resources. Mm-hmm. I just started doing unrelated to to recovery specifically. I do outreach down at Oceanside Pier with some friends that are in a church and I'm not a church guy, but, and they're, I, I met this dude. He has a Fugazi sticker on the back of his van and I'm like, wait, and he's in a priest outfit and we start talking and, and he's like, he marches down in Hillcrest at the pride parade and anoints people. So he's cool as shit. He's got this dope little church up here with a gnarly cemetery and right around from the mission, the uh, San Luis Rey mission. Okay. Um. But yeah, so we've been doing outreach. And the cool thing about that is there's a lot of people unhoused down there that, um, of course, are struggling with addiction. Mm-hmm. Actually, I saw one of them a couple of days ago, and I was sitting on the blanket talking to him. And he was like, dude, do you ever go to the first step house? I'm like, yeah, usually every Thursday that I go with my sponsor to a meeting. He's like, okay. I've seen you there. I was like, oh. uh, So I gave him my up. number. And it's like, I'm not just going there with them to donate or, or give socks and beanies. It's like, how can we help those who want to yeah. try to get out of that environment? And yeah. if they're happy, then that's cool too. No judgment. But ah, a, a lot of people want to get out of it. So step of one for many of them is the mental health thing, you know, getting yeah. them connected with detoxes, with first step, with interfaith, with McAllister. Yeah. And then from there, you know, but we're in the formative stages and um, I'm not saying that to toot my own horn. I'm saying that because that shit keeps me sober too. You know, yeah. like, my friend Brian, who's the Episcopalian priest, said to me the first time we went, I I don't go down there to minister. They minister to me. You know, mm. and it's the same thing like when I go to the first step house and I see that pain that's still very fresh yeah, in my heart. It's fresh. Like, without them saying anything, they're ministering to me, so to speak, as well. So Absolutely. Yeah, man. So that's like where that's I'm at now. Nervous. I'm here in North County and it's cool and Fuck yeah. I don't have a car which sucks, but I will in July, you know. So Damn DUIs. I know, man. It's but hey, you do the do the crime, I gotta do the time. Yeah. Luckily I didn't get time. Um but yeah, that's a DUI that's like two years old, but the system it was in Orange County. It, but it was transferred to San Diego because I was moving down here. Yeah, uh, I just started my classes like back uh, in the fall, and they're on a break, and now they start again this Wednesday. Okay, and they'll be done, done in July. But this is a DUI that's two years ago. Oh no! And sure. that's the yeah. I guess they had a place in San Marcos that closed. Okay. So anyone's listening that is going through this, I'm sorry, you're not alone. It sucks. <laughs> if you are listening and you're yes. not going through it, don't get a DUI. Don't get. Like, a- don't kill anyone first and foremost but if yeah. you don't and you don't hurt anyone else like yeah dude the mother's against drunk driving panel is brutal mm. but not you know i'm glad i did it and mm. that's the thing about this time in my recovery journey is that i'm to the best of my willingness or awareness i don't think there's really any stones i'm leaving unturned unturned like mm-hmm. in the past i skated by i did surface level shit sure just to feel like i was doing something yeah and i'm not yeah. saying i'm 100 percent every day because i'm not dude yeah, but no one really is no right but i show up each day for myself yeah. and that way i can show up for other people and it's fucking cool man like i Fuck actually yeah. like love myself today somewhat Fuck and it's yeah, like dude. I'm worth some good things, and uh, yeah, it's a trip. It's cool. Hell yeah! It's cool. I, I did want to bring up one thing. Yeah, please. Because it just kind of popped in my head as you were speaking uh, earlier. Uh, yeah. So I've been starting this podcast for like a month, and yeah. I got all these uh, wonderful guests, yeah. and including a new co-host. Cool. Um, and so I had twelve people, mm-hmm. and you are in episode thirteen, episode thirteen. Yes, 
it's 13 a, nick marks oh, that's I my mean, number this is perfect if you grew up in chula vista it's it's a very universal uh, yes. number <laughs> i actually heard i have this ring i got in connecticut because i just love 13 like oh, my, my yeah. daughter's birthday is february 13th 2013 i have 13 nicks 13 uh, but i heard out here there's like that's a gang thing i'm like Dude, <laughs> fuck the gang this is a horror thing yeah so, yeah yeah we'll take, it, take it take it take it from them i might get shot or stabbed <laughs> but whatever like i'll hold uh, it on fighting but yeah actually with, um um so my sobriety date is march 5th 2013 so Beautiful. my tattoo right here this hand is on the three this hand's on the five love it and 13 the year hell yeah <laughs> hell yeah that's what's up yeah, yeah. that was a little I, I i waited eight years to get this tattoo by the way so i wasn't i was jumping on that Yep. So quick. I have a recovery tattoo, but no dates. I never got the dates because yeah. I knew better. But yeah, I have a, I have a couple of recovery tattoos. Yeah. So. And you know, it'll, it'll just be a random tattoo if I if I fuck up. Yeah, you got, you got <laughs> enough going around it that you can yeah you can play that off. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, uh, um, where I was getting that too was um, so I I got you know twelve guests and I and I and I was popping all their their podcast chairs and you finally ended that streak. Oh man. And um, you know, because uh you yourself have a podcast. Yeah. yeah. Can uh, we talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. Um so yeah, it's called the Indie Spiritualist Podcast. Yeah. And it's on um my spiritual teacher, his name's Ram Das, and mm-hmm. he passed away a few years ago. Uh but a very important teacher in my life. Him and there's this other guy, Ken Wilber, who's in California or I'm sorry, Colorado. Yeah. I call them my root teachers. I have mm-hmm. plenty of other teachers too, but those are like my heart teachers. And mm-hmm. uh so Ram Das wrote this iconic book called Be Here Now that's sold millions and millions of copies. And it's just it changed my life when I was first getting into recovery, actually. Yeah. Uh it's not necessarily about recovery, but um okay. but it's a it's a, it's a pretty important book for me and a lot of people. But so I think it was around two thousand or I don't know, early teens of 2000, uh, I interviewed Ram Dass for a friend's website. Uh, he had one of his later books called Polishing the Mirror come out. Yeah. And it was like, I'd interviewed a lot of people up to that point. Um, my first interview was with Brad Wilk of Rage Against the Machine when I was oh, in high school. Oh, nice, dude. Oh, dude, was, that's a, I was doing a shitty zine and I interviewed him at the back of a <laughs> mom and pop video store I worked at. Wow. Um because he liked, I learned he liked a band called Click Attack Atawi that I liked too. They're this old, noisy, weird band. And, uh-huh. and I found, I weaseled my way in there. And then I, the cool part was, it was their first album. But um, he invited me and some friends to come see them. They're on tour with the Jesus Lizard. Oh, and I love them too. Cool. So I went to Roseland. Yeah. That was my first interview. And wow. then I started the website Indie Spiritualist. And mm-hmm. that was crazy too. Because I, I don't know how I was pulling this off. But I mean, I had Chino from Deftones. I had... Oh, fuck yeah, dude. Oh, dude, it's... Huge fan. He, yeah, me too. Like uh, Slug from Atmosphere, Immortal mm-hmm. Technique, mm-hmm. Um, Henry Rollins, Ian McKay. Uh, oh, dude. Like you're, the you're legends. All my, yeah, yeah, like all my favorites. It's fucking nuts. Cool. Danny Trejo, the actor. Like, oh, yeah, Danny. Yeah, Danny's like, I interviewed him at an Uno Pizzeria. Him and, <laughs> him and George Romero, the director of Night oh, of Living Dead. Uh, the same that, day. That, yeah. I interviewed them in the same day. RIP. Yeah. Oh, yeah, RIP. And they were both amazing. But Danny Trejo, we had 15 minutes. We ended up talking for like an hour and 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. He has a son who's in like punk bands and he would go oh, on no tour shit. with them. Yeah. So we bonded. Oh, and he's uh-huh. also long term recovery. So yeah, yeah, yeah 50 was. something years. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> but the, that interview starts out. I put the recorder down and I say, you know, um, Danny, I, I I know your time's valuable. I'm not gonna ask you the same questions everyone else does. I want to make it worth your while. And he looks me dead in the eyes. He smiles, and you know, Uno Pizzeria, they have like these little steak knives and yeah. shit. He takes it and he looks me in the eyes and he goes, "That's cool." And if I don't like them, 
and he makes a stabbing gesture. <laughs> <laughs> and then he dude. laughs. And I'm like, dude, it's funny, but you're Danny Trejo. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, that would be kind of cool to, to get stabbed by Machete. <laughs> And it was right after Machete came out. Like, oh, dude, no you can shit. see this is us right there. Like, he's oh, got, wow. look at this Machete embezzled. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like, that's so fucking he's awesome. He's so proud of his tattoo. That's the most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that iconic. Sh- yeah. He was, Wildfire. Yeah. <laughs> but what a sweetheart, dude. So anyways, I, I, I'm just saying that because like that, I think, along with the interview I'd done with Ramdas, um, lent itself to, I don't know, the net, they were starting a podcast network. Yeah. Uh, called the Be Here Now Network, and they knew how much I appreciated Ram Dass's work. And here's a cool little story too, because Be Here Now, Ram Dass, our guru, his name is Maharaji, and I want to be clear, I don't identify as any tradition. I just, okay, I'm I'm in that lineage, but um, I'm mm-hmm. just, I like the Dalai Lama says kindness is my religion. I'm down with uh, that, dude. Yeah. Like I love whatever that. you believe, that's cool. But like, if hate's yeah. in your heart and division, I don't know. I yeah, I can't just be fuck nice. With that. Yeah. It, I write about, there's a, a meme I saw of Moses, and I write about this in my first book, like mm-hmm. a little thing. He's holding the two tablets, and one just says, be cool, and it says, don't be an asshole. And that's like, <laughs> those are my two commandments. Ah, you know? uh, like, yes. I the, try. Yeah, yeah, the, the tombs, yeah, like just, those, those yeah. scriptures. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. But so, um, at the end of the interview, I'd wanted to ask him, because Indie Spirituals, my first book was coming out, and Tony Hawk had written a cool endorsement for it, which oh, that I was know. crazy. Oh, fuck yeah. And I had some other cool people like Alex and Allison Gray who do um, the artwork for uh, a tool. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, they've, yeah, I, I, I sound like I'm name dropping. I'm really not. Yeah, no, are, no, no, I know. This I know, is I know, what I, I do. Like, yeah, I teach at Cosm with them and they've become good friends. And that's awesome. And that's what you were asking earlier. How do you end up getting these bigger names? I know yeah. that's where we're going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. It's just, I meet people and then you meet more people like yeah. Bam Margera wrote an endorsement for my third book. Oh, he did? Yeah, and I only found that out because his brother, Jess, is the drummer for CKY. Yeah. Jess's wife, her name is Kelly, and she started following me on Instagram, and I guess she has a brother who, rest in peace, passed away to addiction. Okay. But she was telling me um, that uh, about her brother and how she's like, yeah, Bam um, is a big fan of your first two books. And I was oh. like, oh, that's rad. I grew up on CKY. Like, right, I love right. that shit, jackass. And, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, of course. And she goes, yeah, actually, Hawk, Tony Hawk gave him your first two books. Like, when wow. he was in the battle. Yeah, I was Fuck like, yeah, whoa. Dude. Um, and so she gave me his info, and I reached out, and um, and we were texting for a while. It was when he was sober for a little bit. Uh-huh, and yeah. I sent him, my publisher sent him a copy of uh, Dead Set on Living before it came out. And I remember one night, he was just texting me, underlining shit. I'm like, wow. Damn, this is cool. Yeah, right. But then he fucking you know fell off, and there was a time where he landed in San Diego. I know. (laughs) Eventually, yeah, he was in Encinitas not too long ago. I've lost touch with him, but um, I think he's doing good again. But there was a really awkward night a few years ago when I was still in West Hartford, and I was sober at the time. But yeah, he was on the phone with me, and he was a shit show, and he's like, "You gotta call Novak," and I'm like, "I don't know Novak. I know him from." (laughs) The videos, like he's the homie. Like, yeah, come like on, yeah, the homie. But so he gives me Novak's number, and I'm like, fuck, I guess I'll call him, and I do. And I gotta say, Novak was cool as shit. Yeah. He's a good dude, but he's like, I can't talk to Bam right now. He's like, I've given that dude every opportunity. Of course, if yeah. he wants to go to treatment, I have it set up. But of that's course. it. Yeah. And so I had to call Bam back, and whatever, you know, I I hope Bam's good, man. It's yeah, like he's hopefully, doing man, hopefully. But um, yeah, there was a story about his. Oh my my teacher anyways yeah. that's besides i don't know yeah uh, <laughs> yeah but so yeah like anyways um no i will say it real quick because he i think this is what did it was i wanted to ask him for an endorsement but 
he had just had a stroke not that long ago. Oh, and really? um, yeah, and he they had to have someone come in to help him finish the new book he's working on. Uh-huh. Nobody at the network knew I had a book coming out. Like it oh, hadn't okay. really been announced yet. Okay. Like I got okay. some endorsements, but so he tells a story and be here now about his mother. And he was outside in India on a pilgrimage before he met his guru, Maharaji. And he was going to the bathroom and he thought of his mother and he looked up the stars and she had died of something to do with the spleen. Yeah. Anyways, he meets this guy a few days later and he's Ramdas is Buddhist at this point and Maharaji's in the Hindu tradition. And, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, Ramdas was also, he was Timothy Leary at this point and, or oh. not Timothy Leary, Richard Alpert, but he was oh. teaching with Timothy. Leary. Oh, I was like, this yeah, a guy. <laughs> they, they taught together at Harvard and yeah. they're famous because they got kicked out for conducting LSD experiments of with course. priests and shit. So that was mm-hmm. them. So it was Richard Alpert. And then he meets this guy, Maharaji. And, you know, he's a, he's smart as, as shit. He's a smart guy. He's very well-versed, and he's more into Buddhism. Yeah. And here's this dude, and people are crying, and he did feel something. But then he's like, what's the game here, man? Like, you know, this is a hustle because he still has that East Co- or West Coast, you know, vibe of gotcha. men- mentality. And the guy calls him over, and he says, um, last night under the stars. And Ramdas is like, yeah, what? And, and he goes, think of your mom. And so he's like, oh, shit. Wow. Was, she died spleen there's no way that he could have known that like none and so ramdas talks about how he freaked out and he goes through in his mind yeah. like the cia's cia's on him and like right. fuck how did they get this guy the info? <laughs> i would too right and so you know then i start to like hear more stories not just from ramdas but people i meet in this lineage and i'm just like all right you know i'm kind of jaded and skeptical but like i also have an open mind anyways go back to this interview and it's at the end and i was married at the time and my wife was with me and i introduced her to him because she loved his work too yeah and as we're getting ready to go he says uh and you have a book coming out and i was like oh oh, i was like yeah and he goes okay he's like yeah yeah um he goes i want to offer it my ashabad my my blessing which is what maharaji gave him for be here now which is huge yeah. And uh, I, I start tearing up and he goes, yeah, if you want to send it over, uh, I'll write a blurb. I'll write an endorsement. No way. And I'm like, oh, my God. And then he looks at me and he, he looks up and he goes, and that came through from the boss. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. I have chills right now. Just telling yeah. You, like I have goosebumps. Yeah. Um, and that's in that moment where I'm like, whoa, like there's some real shit going on here. And trust me, if you're listening and you're like, yeah, bullshit. I don't, I don't argue. I don't blame you. Dude. I'm not like into the new agey woo woo shit. And I don't, if you are, that's cool, man. Um, yeah. But I, I, like I said, I'm still a bit skeptical and jaded a lot of things, but that shit, yeah. and a lot of other things have happened. Yeah. But that's a long way of saying, I think once he got the book and read through it, you know, he was like, this could be a good younger voice. Cause I was one of the original nine and the other ones were Ram Das and Sharon Salzberg, who's an incredible Buddhist teacher and yeah. Jack Cornfield. Mm-hmm. and Krishna Das and, and all these other people that are way more known than I am, written New York Times bestsellers and have been all over the news and, you know, just whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then me, I showed you the picture, you know, like this fucking yes. dude. Yes. Um, I think I was wearing an MF Doom t-shirt in that picture, and I was just like, what the <laughs> fuck? But, um, yeah, so that was like eight years ago, and, wow. um, and it's just one cool guest after another, and that's the momentum, like how it, it picked up. And then yeah. certain people would tell me about their friends that might be interested, and um, and also there were times I asked like people, hey, I know you know this person, would you mind introducing? And if they're too busy, no worries. Worst a person can say is no, you know. And yeah. um, 
and that was a good exercise in for me to like really start putting myself out there um yeah i mean in my books i lay it basically all out there what i lack in prose because i don't think i'm a very good writer i i'm an okay writer but sure i love like bukowski and thompson and wilk and oh, you know yeah. like anna eastman and there are just these profound writers and then there's yeah. me what i lack though in prose like i i put it out there but it's not just the mess it's identifying you know like yeah. i've been through some shit and who amongst us haven't there's people out there that have been through a million times worse than i have i know that there are people out there who've been not nearly through the amount of shit i've been through and i know that too yeah but here let me tell you some of what i have been without glorifying it trying mm -hmm. to laugh at it where i can yeah but all in the spirit of like showing you some of the ways like in time i learned to avoid going back down these pitfalls yeah um, the hard way, but maybe you don't have to go through that. And, yeah. um, and shit, like I said, I still fell in a bunch. And, uh, <laughs> after the it fact, happens, man. it does, but with everyone, man, I was talking to somebody about this earlier at the first step house, they were beating themselves up over a relapse. And I said, you know, I've been there. I get it. I've done that. But I said, don't forget me. I use myself in this example. I said, I came into these rooms, like I've already said 20 years ago. Yeah. I can't say I have 20 years sober, but I can tell you I have 20 years worth of wisdom and experience mm. and knowledge. And, yeah. you know, I went to school for addiction counseling. And that was cool to learn about the biology of yeah. addiction. Oh, yeah. Cool shit, you know, yeah. I wish all people in recovery had access to that. But what I learned that I think is most useful in the way I serve humans today is through my direct experience. You know, like diplomas are great and necessary for, some, for certain things. But like with those teens for those years, and this is the role I try to take now outside of my more formal job is more a, pre, a peer level. Like I, again, I applaud degrees and they're, you know, great pay. I don't make great pay. Like I don't give a shit. Like hopefully I'll make more money with time in this book. You know, yeah. it's, it's the, I don't feel like I need to struggle anymore. I did used to, I used to be very, have a lot of guilt around money and of course that's changing, but yeah. Yeah. Like just sharing from the heart. Yeah. You know, like, dude, absolutely. Man. This is what I've been through. And so that's what I told the guy. It's like, you know, everything, no matter how long you, have had sober as we know it's one day at a time but those days accumulate for some of us in years and that's awesome yeah it does but it doesn't mean if you slip and you lose that date that you lose everything you learned up to that point of course not. and uh yeah and a lot of people forget that i forgot that a lot but today i don't you know and it's like and i still beat myself up like eight months was cool but it was also like fuck dude you've had years and yeah, yeah. but like i said not not as strong of uh of an experience as i have now yeah. so i'm cautiously optimistic every day that mm -hmm. maybe i don't have to go down that road again maybe mm. but chances are better than not tomorrow i'm not going to pick up because of what i did today yeah. so that's all i got you know hell yeah so, man yeah well man thank you so much man for coming on here yeah, man buddy. i really really appreciate you man yeah you know um you know i know you're a little familiar with my journey yeah dude. and i've you know um i've you know, I've, I've gotten some long time sobriety. Mm -hmm. I guess you could label it that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I've had my ups and downs and I, I and I always remember those mistakes that I had in my or my I guess you could call it my early recovery, sure. which would be me just fucking up and yeah. getting clean in and out, in and out, in and out. And um, man, and I, I, I. You know, those were little seeds, man, that really have stayed inside me. And yeah, you know, not every day is going to be perfect, mm -hmm. you know, but I I'm truly blessed, man. And, yeah. you know, and I was able to um, somehow fucking create a podcast <laughs> somewhere down mm -hmm. the road. And, um, you know, I, I, I really uh, 
appreciate all the little gifts I have in my life, but it's only because I try to maintain it with a spiritual maintenance. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I, you know, cause I, if, if that goes, yeah. then it's just a matter of time, you know, always. And, you know, Lewis, I want to say like, thank you for the work that you do. Like this yeah. is only, I think the second time we've met in person. Yeah. We met what the first time at the Rational Satanic Recovery yes, Meeting, yes. which I, dude, I love that fellowship too. That's great. I it's met our one. friend Brittany there. She's awesome. <laughs> but um, you know, thank you for the work you do, and that's like how things like this happen. You know, for me, people ask, "How did you get a book published?" Like with Simon and Schuster, and how do you get these yeah. people? Like you were asking. Yeah. I came home. It was 2011. I was in treatment in New Jersey, and I was broken. And I came home. I I'd moved in with my parents, filed for unemployment. I'd never done that. Uh, my car was repossessed. I missed my brother's wedding, where I was supposed to be his best man. It was yeah. bad. I was living in my brother's old room in my parents' house from high school. And the one thing I came home with was an honest surrender, a real surrender. Yeah. Like, you know, praying to whatever. I'm like, I don't know what you want me to do, but I will do it. I don't care what it is. Just show me because my way does not work. Yeah. And so in the meantime of looking for work, I just started for no reason writing about my experience i've never gone to school for writing to this day i've never read a book about writing actually i read stephen king's on writing oh okay. but that's more about his journey than actual writing yeah, yeah, tips yeah. but that shit's crazy he wrote cujo blackout drunk like this dude yeah <laughs> that's but, that, that that it's it's unfair to compare oh, yourself know, to him yeah, it's but, like what the uh, no that dude's next level but next um, level but so I, i'm sharing that also because, sober for a long time yes a long time we were trying to get him to write the forward for necessary death but um unfortunately it didn't work out we yeah. got a, we got a second best in my opinion but okay um but so yeah i'm writing these articles just like vulnerably and with hope and for unsolicited websites like Elephant Journal, Mind Body Green, I ended hmm. up hooking up and started writing for Huffington Post at some point too. Wow! Yeah, that was oh, cool. Um, and then I, it was a slow burn, but like then I was writing for magazines. I interviewed David Lynch once, and uh, oh, I love him. Yeah, and we talked I love about him. he was amazing. We talked about meditation, and it got the cover of Origin magazine I was writing for. And in that same episode yeah. or issue. It was part one of part two interview I was doing with Chuck Palahniuk from uh, Fight Club. Yeah. And I yeah, think yeah. that was what really pushed it over. And then I met, so somebody got in touch with me and I was familiar with her work. And she's a three times bestselling New York Times bestseller. And yeah. she's like, I want to introduce you to my literary agent. And I'm huh? like, the fu I thought it was a joke at first because <laughs> I'm, I'm unemployed living in my parents' house with yeah. nothing. Yeah. And she wasn't. And so I took that call and I made the mistake of looking who she represented. I shouldn't have done that. I got so nervous. Well, All New York Times best. I mean, like the dude, John Gray, I think, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Oh, okay. Represents him. Represents this woman, Gabrielle, Gabrielle Bernstein. A lot mm -hmm. of people know her. Like, I'm the polar opposite of these people. Yeah. You know? um, but this woman. The indie guy, for the, sure. Yeah, I guess. Um. But this woman, she I've been with her ever since 2011. I signed yeah. a contract with her for two years, yeah. and I never signed anything else. She's like my second mom. You know, we talk wow. really at awesome. least every few weeks, and it's 20 minutes about books, and then it's about life. And um, I'm saying this, man, because like I don't have any formal training, but I was showing up and doing the right thing like you're doing right now, and yeah. life starts showing up for you. Yeah. And um and dude, I signed that book, and like I said, now I have my fifth book coming out. Fuck and yeah. I've spoken, and here's the other thing that came with that was public speaking, mm -hmm. and I've never taken a public speaking class, but like I mentioned, Silicon Valley, um, mm -hmm. India Ari, Jewel, like so many mind blowing people, Greg Louganis, I've spoken with yeah. him, like 
tons of inspiring people. And again, I really don't mean that ego. I'm saying that because if someone like myself that hasn't, I didn't actually finish my associates, by the way, for addiction counseling. So I still to this day only have my high school diploma. Uh, And I've been able, yeah. So, but look at what we've done, dude. I mean, and at the end of it, yeah, I squandered some decent money I made through a relapse, but it's like I'm rebuilding my life again. And I have, I'm paying way too much for a small room we're sitting in here in Oceanside, Uh but I have a roof over my head and I have a bathroom I can use. And, you know, I was thinking about this when I was with the unhoused the other day. I'm giving them food and stuff and and shoes. And on the way back, I had to actually get a bottle of water and a protein bar because I didn't have food to eat here. Like, Mm -hmm. So I have a little more than them, but it's not lost on me that like that role could be reversed any day. They could be down there helping me. And it helps keep it green for me too. You know, they're there like snorting lines, drinking, huffing, pulse. You, you yeah. know how it goes. Yeah, yeah. But I'm grateful that that shit, at least today, doesn't phase me. It reminds me of why I'm doing what I'm doing and Fuck why, yeah. you know, you're doing what you're doing. And Fuck yeah. so I bow to you, man. I bow thank to you. everyone Appreciate that's it. listening to this. If I haven't met you and you have one day sober, thank you. You're yeah. a testament. You know, keep it going. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, thanks to your listeners. Anybody that. Listen to this right. jibber jabber, but yeah, thank you, man. It's, it's an good, honor brother. to be Thank on your you show. so much. So, uh, what's the name of your upcoming book? Oh man, I don't know. It's gone through so. Oh, many. okay, still here's, that face. And here's the thing I've learned for any budding authors out there: um, don't get attached to the name. You know, like, oh yeah, that's that's a that's a battle. Like indie spiritualist was cool. That one, that actually, well, that was originally going to be Watch It Burn, okay. and that was based <laughs> on this band, Cast Iron Hike, uh, hardcore band out of Boston, like. Oh, and if okay. you look at the chapters of my early books, most of them are like homages to like hardcore songs or hip hop songs. Oh, and fuck yeah. Yeah. Like, and I use little epigraph quotes from like Converge and random obscure bands just to like show my love, man. So, <laughs> anyways, that's it. Um, All right, man. Yeah. If anyone wants to connect, um, oh. my books are everywhere. Yeah. But I'm I'm on social medias and I actually Absol- respond to people. Absolutely. So. And and uh, the podcast name one more time. Oh, yeah. That's um, Indie, the Indie Spirituals podcast. It's on the Be Here Now network. You can find the shows there or they're on Apple, Spot, wherever. You know, it's all cool, man. Stuff. Yeah. Check Check it out, everybody. Thanks, dude. All right. Thank you, brother, so yeah. much. And I'm going to do my second outro song. Yes. All righty. Here you go. Goodbye, everybody. Peace.